today on the Scott Thompson Show on AM 900 CHML. On this segment now, we want to hone in on a very serious topic. Uh, four suicides in Northern Ontario First Nations communities in the past week. Three children and a 21-year-old man. What is drawing members of the First Nations communities to do this? And what can we do to prevent that in the future? And joining us to talk about that is the Executive Director of the Hamilton Regional Indian Centre, Susan Barberstock. Susan, how are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you? Excellent. So um, are are the alarm bells going off now? We do these stories about what happens up on the the First Nations communities, and now we hear stories about this. Um, Should people be concerned about this, or is this kind of been something that's been ongoing for the last little while? It's something that's been ongoing for the last little while. I think if you look at the media, right, they don't usually report on suicides because they don't want to sensationalize them. So we don't hear a lot about them happening in, you know, in the urban centers. But when you have an epidemic that's happening in the north, then it's more in the forefront. It's about creating a space for people to be able to talk about it. A lot of people think if you say the word suicide that you're planting that in somebody's mind, and that's not what it is. It's about allowing somebody to think, oh, I can talk to this person about it. And it is about prevention. You know, they're talking about the um, commitment from the federal government to give them some funding so that they can look at some solutions to this very horrible problem. And it is, it's about short-term solutions that they're only getting, and we need to look at the investment longer when you implement any new program in any community, it takes time to build trust. And so I think by putting, you know, one-worker programs in, in communities is, is not a good thing because then you're burning out one worker. And it's about how can we do wraparound services and how can we work together. One of the things uh, that we should also mention when we talk about numbers, uh, Susan, we uh, talked about uh, three uh, suicides, including three children and a 21-year-old man. But since January 1st of this year, there's been 18 suicides within the Nishnawabi Aski Nation's territory. That's 18 suicides. That one, I think, should really set off a red flag for an awful lot of people. Absolutely. And, you know, these are some isolated communities that... People think, oh, they're isolated. They should be able to be doing more for their community. But these are people who feel very isolated. And, you know, their access to the outside world, in a sense, is only through the media and like television and, and radio and, you know, a lot of things that are sensationalized about youth and how they should be living their life. And they're not able to live their life that way. And they don't have people that they can talk to about you know, why they're feeling less than and why they don't have these support systems. And, you know, in the article, they talked about how much money they spent. Well, you have to remember that these are isolated, remote communities, so things are going to be a lot more expensive anyway. And if they don't have access to things and they don't they don't see doctors face-to-face a lot of times, it's, you know, it's through video chat. So, How can you create a relationship with somebody if you're only talking to them through video chat? You know, you you talk about number. Health Canada in an email said uh, when it comes to one particular First Nation that they've spent close to a million dollars to provide health services. You almost wonder, uh, given what we've been talking about, is that money well spent? Is it money that's gone to the front line or is it money that they've invested in, you know, children's hospitals so that they have a video link? 
that's you need more clarification. Is it actually you can say we spent a million dollars, but maybe you know I'll say five hundred thousand of that went to doctors who were who were employed in a sense or contracted to be doing some of this video chat with with the clients instead of giving them front line people who who can go in and do some of that prevention program that needs to happen. Is uh, enough money being, and this is kind of a broad question because we're down here in southern Ontario, we don't know what's what's happening up north. Is there enough money being spent for education for these kids that, that they can uh, look down the road and see that they do have, have a future as opposed to, uh, in many case, uh, ways, taking the, uh, final, the, the, the final way out? Education, we have to support the youth to get through high school. And they're not getting that support. You can see what's happening in Thunder Bay. A lot of those kids have to go into Thunder Bay to get their high school education. You have culture shock. You have huge racism. They're not supported. They're put in these billet homes with no real family support system. And so that's what we're sending these kids to. And so is that, you know, is that where we should be sending them or should we be keeping them in their own community? So if they're not finishing high school, they can't go on to post-secondary to break some of that cycle. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play and listen to The Scott Thompson Show weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 900 CHML.